This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I am your host, Dan, and today's game will be a special home court advantage game pitting the Benchwarmer team of Matt and Mason against our special guest and uh, baseball aficionado. You know him, you love him. It is Jeremy Kahneman. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight? Welcome back to the bench. I know you've been here before. Um, just, you know, let us know who you are, teams you like, anything else you want to talk about. Uh, well, I'm doing great. Uh, I don't know if you know him, you love him is correct. You know him and you tolerate him, <laughs> maybe, but um, I am uh, loud and proud uh, down here in Georgia, having relocated from Chicago in December, but always have been, always will be a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. I am sitting in the Cardinals corner section of my apartment, and on the Zoom, you can see as I go around, we got Ozzy, we got Stan the Man, we got Bob Gibson, uh, we got Willie McGee. I got some uh, Katie Sikelski artwork back here. Got a bunch of bobbleheads behind me, you know. But so, so I am, I am ready to go and raring to go. Uh, let's talk some baseball for the next uh, hour plus or whatever this is. And I'm glad you said that because that is going to be uh, what we are talking about tonight. This is going to be a um, entirely 20th century baseball game tonight for our home court advantage. Um, but you're going to be going up against um, Matt and Mason. Uh, Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm excited for the game tonight because I'm an old-timey baseball guy. I'm sure I'm nowhere near what Jeremy is, but I enjoy old-timey baseball stuff. So hopefully there'll be some, uh, you know, uh, international league and maybe we could get some uh, Minneapolis Miners questions or something. <laughs> no? None of that? Uh, Millers? Minneapolis Millers, excuse me. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, it's all MLB. All of it is MLB. Dang it. Uh, so no Toledo Mud Hens. We did all that. We we uh, we did all of our Toledo Mud Hens with uh, with Philip. We, okay. we asked every yeah. Toledo Mud Hens question I could possibly think of. We're done with the Mud Hens. <laughs> did you work in Jamie Farr from Mash or no? Yeah, actually, he was in the. Yeah, he made it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mason, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I don't know if it's an honor not to be included in the old timey baseball, considering I'm the, the youngest out of everybody. So we'll see. Hopefully, I won't let that reputation down. You're an old soul. You're an old soul, Mason. That is just respect, my friend. Respect. You know, what year were you born, Mason? 1999. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was alive for less century, than a year of the 20th the century. The century of baseball we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Yeah, for one full MLB season out of the hundred we have to deal with here. I'm sure so. you remember that 99 season really well. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's kick it over to Matt for the rules tonight. How about that? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Ooh. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and Dan or I or someone will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. 
Here we go. It is now time for the tailgate. It's consisting of three warm-up questions that will be worth 10 points each. Today's uh, tailgate is going to be name the Hall of Fame pitchers from their uniform numbers. I'm going to give you the uniform numbers of every team they played for. You're going to tell me who I am talking about. Question number one in the tailgate. Cardinals, 32. <laughs> Phillies, 32. Check it in Giants. here. <laughs> Giants, 32. White Sox, 32. Cleveland, 32. Twins, 38. And uh, apparently Jeremy already checked in. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go right ahead and say that Mason and Matt, you guys can talk this one out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. All right. So you know it's got to be post-1960 because the Twins are in there. Right. Uh, I can't think of any 32s off the top of my head. All those teams. And these are in chronological order, by the way. Okay. So he wrapped up his career with the Twins. That's not necessarily true. I want to point that out. Oh, yeah. It's, that's not true. It's right because what he said earlier that it could be a repeat stint. Oh, he could have went back to one of the other teams. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm I'm saying that that's not necessarily true. This does not bode well for us, Mason. Yeah, I know. This is not a great start. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's only 10 points. Um, pitcher. Oh, I have no idea. I, I literally have zero clue. This is a, a Hall of Fame pitcher we're talking about. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking of Burt Boy 11, but the Angels aren't on there. So that can't be it. Okay. Yeah. Um, then I was thinking, didn't Steve Carlton, but Steve Carlton played primarily with the, uh, with the, AL East teams. Didn't he play for the the uh, for Baltimore and uh, no, he played for the Phillies, didn't he? No, I'm no, I'm totally spacing. Carlton played for the White Sox, and right? Or am I just making that up off the top of my head? Yeah, I think he did. And I'm pretty sure the Phillies. So let's just let's just guess Steve Carlton. He's one of those guys I think that had a weird career where he was consistently good but never dominant. I think is that who I'm thinking of. No, that is not who you're thinking of. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay, never mind. Who is it? Is it Palmer? Jim Palmer is who I'm thinking of. Anyway, I don't remember. Okay, sorry. Let's just go with Steve Carlton. That's fine. Yeah. We'll check that in. Nope. <laughs> yeah, we'll check that in. Oh, my gosh. Oh my Jeremy, get, get, help us out. Come on. Okay, first of all, Jim Palmer was fantastic. He was never mediocre. He was great from start to finish. So all due respect to Jim Palmer. Now, you're going to get the points on this which is fine because it is in fact lefty Steve Carlton came up with the Cardinals, got traded to the Phillies, uh, was obviously a, a longtime stalwart for the Phillies, ended up uh, moving around at the end of his career, retired after getting his 4,000 strikeout, then came out of retirement later that season to finish the, uh, I think the 86 season with the White Sox. And then in 87, he did wrap his career up with the Twins uh, which is the same year they beat the Cardinals in the World Series. Mm -hmm. Now, he did not – he didn't pitch well that year, did not make the postseason roster. So, technically, he is and isn't an answer to the question, guys who won three World Series rings with three different teams because he won one early in his career with the Cardinals, won one in 1980 with the Phillies, and then technically got a ring with the 87 Twins. But, yes, Steve Carlton is the answer, and I could talk about him for a lot longer but we have a lot of questions to go, and I won't. <laughs> He's also in the top five in strikeouts, Matt. So, yes, he, he was, he was okay, good. Um, so I, I apologize to Steve Carlton and to the entire Steve Carlton family and fan base. O only the second guy to get to 4,000 strikeouts. <laughs> you know. Who was I thinking of? There's a pitcher that, that's a Hall of Famer that, like, most he ever had was, like, 17 wins, and he's 
I think you're maybe thinking of Don Sutton. That's who I'm probably thinking of, yeah. You know, who, I mean, was a good pitcher, but nowhere in the near the league of, yeah. you know, the, the Jim Palmer, Steve Carlton, Tom Seaver, who, you know, were kind of the holy trinity there in the 70s. Yeah, so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna stop the discussion right now because I've got two more Hall of Fame pitchers for you to try and figure out. Oh, that's true. That's true. Sorry about that. If you get me talking baseball, I will give away every answer before it comes up. I assure you. Well, uh, just just remember that's that only works to your disadvantage in this game. So fair enough. Question number two in the tailgate: Giants thirty-six, Cleveland thirty-six, Rangers thirty-six, Padres thirty-six. Check Yankees, it. 36. Braves, 36. Mariners, 36. Royals, 36. And just like before, Jeremy's already checked in. So, Matt and Mason, go ahead. Jeremy, do me a favor and wait till he's done talking to check in, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Will do. Eight different teams. All right. Uh, Hall of Famer. They're all going to be Hall of Famers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said <laughs> Hall of, they're all Hall of Famers. Yes. Um. Could this be one of the Negro brothers? We don't have to give a first name, so we could just say the Negro, one of the Negroes. Does that fit? I don't... Well, I know the one, I think Phil played for the Twins and played for a bunch of teams, but his brother played for a whole bunch of other teams also. But I don't think you are either one of the Negroes Hall of Famers. I don't know that for sure. Now Jeremy's going to smack me upside the head now if I say something stupid. So uh... <laughs> I'll just take the opportunity to educate you. That's all. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think either one of them are Hall of Famers. Okay. So that I think that screw that uh, that ends that discussion. Mm. Oh, this is so annoying. I have no idea. You want to just punt because I have no clue. Yeah, I don't have anything for this one either. So uh, we're gonna say Jimmer for debt. Wow, that's <laughs> on a baseball episode. That's pretty impressive. Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame baseball Jimmer for debt. Very good. Jeremy, tell tell them what the tell them what's going on. I thought you were going to get there maybe for a second because you started talking about a couple of brothers who won a lot of games and bounced around to a lot of teams, but you were talking about the wrong pair of brothers. It wasn't the Negro brothers; uh, it was the Perry brothers, Jim Perry and Gaylord Perry. Gaylord won his three hundredth game as a member of the Mariners. Uh, he wrote a book called "Me and the Spitter," all about how he cheated his whole way through. Uh, the uh, major leagues. So that was when it was cool to do that. Um, you know, he got in the Hall of Fame, no problem. But all these PED guys, no, no, no dice. Uh, but Gaylord Perry is who we're looking for. No relation to Gaylord Fokker or Katy Perry or Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah. Correct answer is uh, Gaylord Perry. I should have known that, Mason. That's on me. As soon as I went to the Negroes, I should have went to the Perrys. Yeah. I think because the other, because Gaylord's brother, didn't he play for one of the, then his brother play for the Twins? Joe, Joe uh, played Jim, for the Twins. Jim Perry, Jim Perry for the oh, Twins. No, Joe, I'm sorry. It was Joe yes. Necro. And Joe Necro, and Joe played Necro for the also played for the Twins, too. Yeah, yeah. Got, and, got caught uh, uh, scuffing up a ball through the Emery board away. Yeah, with the, the Emery yeah. board. Yeah, and Gaylord Perry threw the spitter, right? So they were both cheaters, both part of the winningest brother combinations, uh, first and second in history. So there a lot of similarities between the Necros and the Perrys. Uh, Gaylord won Cy Youngs in both leagues. I think Jim yes, won one that. for the Twins too. So I think I wrote a question about. Oh, I'm so st- I should have known that one. Sorry. Yes, you should have. All right. Question three. Maybe this one will be a little bit better for you guys. Twins twenty-eight, Rangers twenty-eight, Pirates twenty-two, Cleveland twenty-eight, Angels twenty-eight. 
Locked in. Checked in. Check it in. Check it in. All right. Jeremy's checked in. Matt Mason, go ahead. This is Bert Y11. Okay. Bert Be Home Y11. Bert Be Home Y11. And uh, Jeremy, what'd you say? That is 100% correct. Took him way too long to get to the Hall of Fame. But the important thing is he did get there. That's true. That is everything you said right there is absolute fact. All right. So heading into the first quarter, we have a score of bench warmers of uh, Matt and Mason have 20 points and Jeremy has 30. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon. If you'd be interested in supporting us financially, your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmerstp. Thanks. And now we'll move on to the first quarter, which is going to be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one in pre and post game. He famously gave up a ninth inning home run to Rick Monday in game seven of the 81 National League Championship Series and is still the all-time winningest pitcher in that franchise's history and was a two-time National League MVP and member of the MLB All-Century team who was nicknamed the Raja. Checking in. Okay. All right. Um, Jeremy's checked in, so Matt and Mason, talk it out. I think this is going to be a theme this episode. <laughs> yeah. So the 90, I'm sorry, the 81 NLCS was the Dodgers and I think the Expos. And Rick Monday played for the Dodgers. So it'll have to be a pitcher from the Expos in 81. <laughs> and I couldn't even begin to tell you that. The only thing I thought... The second half, I don't know why Rogers Hornsby came up in my head, but that was my first thought for that. I don't know why that came up in my head at all, but that maybe could help with connecting something. I don't know. Game seven, NLCS. Sorry, Dan, did they have seven games in the NLCS back then? Yeah. I thought they had five games. It was the, it was the division series that had five when the, once those got um, started. Well... So what happened was 1981 was a strike year. So they had a split season. So that was the first year they ever had uh, an LDS. And that year, the playoffs worked differently. The LCS did not expand the seven games until I think 1985. But in 1981, everything was different. That's true. That's the strike year. I forgot about that. Yeah. But it most definitely was game seven. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, wait. So so the nine might be totally off then. Um, it might not be the Expos, but I, I I know Monday played for the Dodgers, but if there was an NLDS and an NLCS that year, I have no idea who they played. Let's go to the second part, though. The Raja? You think that's Rogers Hornsby? Hornsby. I'm, I don't know why it stuck out in my head. That was like the thing that 
for some reason, Raja and Rogers Warns be connected in my head. And it w- I think that would fit all of the accolades that go along with it. And Rogers seems like a valid last name. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm a little lost on this one. Not a little, I, I, I for some reason, the Expos popped in my head as the NLCS that year, but. So who's the winningest pitcher in the Expos history then? Oh, oh, hold on so a that's, second now. Might be the other way to go around this. Oh, Martinez. Dennis Martinez? Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez. We'd have to rethink the whole second half. (laughs) Is there anyone else besides Dennis Martinez? Preferably with the last name Rogers. (laughs) But if not, if not, I (laughs) preferably name Rogers. Uh... I mean, like I said, I I'm feeling pretty decent about that part. So that's why I'm hoping because that like I said, that makes the most sense as far as building off of it. If I had, if we had to just like pick a random first name, the random baseball first name I pick would be Jimmy. Let's just go Jimmy Rogers Hornsby. I guess I, I don't know. I'm fine with that. If you want to check in with him, let's just go with the uh, Jimmy Rogers Hornsby. We're checking with that. All right, um, checked in. And uh, Jeremy, um, what did you say? Uh, well, you should have uh, assembled your Avengers because this is Captain America himself, even though he played for the Montreal Expos. Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers Hornsby. Now, when you first asked the question, the first guy to come to my mind was Kenny Rogers. And I was like, wait a minute, 1981, that doesn't make sense. And then I had to go back and be like, yeah, Expo Steve Rogers, that makes much more sense. Yep. And uh, Steve Rogers is still the Expos and Nationals uh, franchise leader in wins. Yeah. Strasburg, maybe if he sticks around for a few more years, might get there, but you know. So, yeah, the correct answer there is um, Steve Rogers Hornsby. Steve Rogers is a good one. I mean, he is a very, very uh, underrated pitcher. And, uh, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about him until you asked that question. So, All right. Question number two in pre- and post-game. He won the 1978 Rookie of the Year Award and is one half of one of the greatest double play combinations in Major League history and is criminally not in the Hall of Fame. And was involved in a 1970 lawsuit that helped pave the way for players like Alex Rodriguez and Bryce Harper to get paid. I'm going to check in. All right. Jeremy's checked in. So uh, Mason, it looked like you had an idea there. You want to guys want to talk it out? I'm, I'm working on the second half now. I, so Kurt flood is the one. Yeah, who that's it. That's, that's what I was trying to think of. Agency. Yep. And so Whitaker, yeah, so what, Lou Whitaker. Lou Whitaker. With a Kurt Flood. Yeah. So Lou Whitaker Flood. Kurt, Kurt. Flood. All right. You check in with a Lou Whitaker Flood. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Jeremy, what did you say? Uh, that is absolutely correct. I wrote down Kurt Flood right away. And then I was with the syllable thing. I had to like sound it out. I'm like, Lou Whitaker. Kurt. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Uh, so Lou Whitaker Flood. And he is criminally not in the Hall of Fame with Morrison Trammell going in. Uh, couple of years ago hopefully he will uh, get in with them because that 84 tigers team might be the best team i've ever seen in my lifetime i'm gonna go right out there and say it philip sanford jack morris <laughs> does belong in the hall of fame i don't care what you say but also <laughs> so does lou whitaker so agreed on all points all right moving on to question number three This Puerto Rican first baseman and outfielder was a former National League Rookie of the Year, National League MVP, and winner of the first AL Outstanding Designated Hitter Award, and won the 1979 AL MVP, the 1995 NL Manager of the Year, and never saw a pitch that he was afraid to get hit by. 
I'm going to check in. Okay. Jeremy's checked in. So, uh, Matt and Mason, you can, it sounds like you've got a, a read on this one. Why don't you talk it out? We'll read on half of it. And I'm pretty sure, like, the, the first big designated hitter that had a lot of success in Boston was Orlando Cepeda. And I'm pretty sure he fits the other. And I'll work either your Nano MVP. Makes sense. Yeah. The only guy that, I mean, I know he won a, an MVP in the late 70s, but I don't know for sure if it was 79, but that's Don Baylor. And he got hit by a ton of pitches. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because he's the he's the first Angels player to win an MVP. If he was the 1995 NL Manager of the Year, I have no idea where he was managing. I didn't even know that he was a manager. So I'm stupid, evidently, because I had no clue that Don Baylor was a manager. I remember that, but I don't know where he was. Um, so Orlando paid Don Baylor? I mean, yeah, I, I would say that, that kind of fits. <laughs> you want to do that? Sure. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure about the first part. Second part seems to fit the time frame. So, yeah. So Orlando Sepade, Don Baylor. We'll check in with that. All right. And Jeremy, what did you say? Uh, yeah. So Orlando Cepeda uh, won his MVP and a World Series with the Cardinals in 1967. Uh, and yeah, it kind of threw me too, because I was like, Cepade, duh. And then Don Baylor was the manager of the Colorado Rockies in 1995. And I was like, Don Baylor, but I was like, duh and Duh. I mean, so it's like, duh, duh. I don't know if the sound works exactly, but it is Orlando Cepeda, Don Baylor. All right. For someone who uh, spent most of his uh, life in Minnesota, that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that vowel right there sounds a lot alike. So the answer, <laughs> the answer I was looking for is Orlando Cepeda, Don Baylor. All right. You know, when you say it, it actually sounds okay. That's why I thought it worked. <laughs> that's why I thought it worked, but uh you know, there's accents, uh, accents are weird things. So fair enough. Both teams getting points on that one. Question number four. He is one of six American league players to have hit four home runs in one game when he did so on his way to winning the American league home run crown for Cleveland in 1959 and won four gold gloves in a row in the 1980s playing shortstop in the American league during the first of his four stints playing for the team with whom he began and ended his 18-year career. I love this one, and I'm checking in. All right, Jeremy's checked in. You guys, talk it out. I wrote a question about a Yankees. I thought he was a second, but it might have been a second baseman. During the 80s, Yankees, second baseman, but now he's spacing on his name. Probably be Willie Randolph, but uh, you know that's not going to be the answer you're looking for. Yep. So don't worry. There you about go. That. So no, nix that one. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. Willie Randolph Anytime. was who I was thinking of. Um, and thank you for helping us too, Jeremy. So kind. Uh, you so know, kind. it's baseball. I, everybody should do well. I, I, yeah, I love your attitude, Jeremy. The uh, the Cleveland one. I mean, fifty nine. Manny Minosa, maybe. That's like the only Cleveland name I can think of from like 1959-ish. And I know he was a home run. He hit home runs, but I don't know that he ever led the AL in home runs. So so what is this guy? <laughs> I don't name? even know that that's the right answer for the first part. That's just a, that's the only name I could think of from the uh, from Cleveland from the 1950s. Um, <laughs> dude, we, we might as well just, if neither one of us are even close, let's just or something yeah i don't i don't have anything on either end of this so um we can go mini minoso and you can make up a shortstop name that starts with so yeah I, this is how the first name starts with so <laughs> you 
Yeah, we don't know, Dan. Mini Minoso, we don't know. All right, so you're uh, you're bringing your right fielder into pitch the ninth is what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jeremy, what'd you say? Well, while Minnie Minoso was a beloved baseball player and baseball was very, very good to him, um, he is not the answer you're looking for here. You're looking for Rocky Calavito um, and the Toronto Blue Jays shortstop would be Tony Fernandez. So Rocky Calavito, Tony Fernandez. One team getting their points here. Correct answer is Rocky Calavito, Fernandez. And Minnie Minoso was a teammate of Rocky Calavito's at this point. So, I mean, you were, you were on it. Good knowledge there. Moving on to question five. He was given his nickname because he resembled a Sesame Street character, won the 1976 American League Rookie of the Year award as a pitcher, and was one of the more eccentric players in Major League Baseball history, and was a Hall of Fame center fielder who played most of his career with the Phillies, who won the 1955 and 1958 National League batting titles. I'm checking in. All right. Um, surprising nobody. Jeremy has checked in. Guys, I hate to say it, but you can talk this one out. Yeah. I think I know this. Both parts. Oh, really? Nice. First part's Mark Fidrich. I wrote a question about him. Mm-hmm. The second part, I want to say his name is like, I might, you have to correct me if it's not right. Like Richie Ashburn. Is that a name? Because I popped in my head and I don't know why that popped Mason, you're the one that would say if that's a name or not you okay you well listen to the show well, Matt, yes mm-hmm. yeah i know my own trademark <laughs> bomb back get mad at me i played mlb the show and i remember there was an old card from the phillies and i want to say his name is richie ashburn i don't know why that name sticks out in my head but that's better than what i got so go go for it all right we're gonna check in with mark fid richie ashburn all right and jeremy what'd you say uh, yeah, the bird is Mark Fidrich, and uh, the man who led the uh, majors in hits, I believe, for the 1950s is Richie Ashburn of the Phillies, and Mark Fid Richie Ashburn is correct. Uh, Mark Grace, by the way, who led the majors in the 90s in hits, I think he's the first guy to lead a decade in hits and not get into the Hall of Fame, so there you go. Fun fact. Both teams get their points on that one. Correct answer is Mark Fidrichie Ashburn. And uh, Bombback, you write uh, you write all kinds of flavor text. I get it. That's fine. I just bring Jeremy Kahneman on the show, and he does the flavor text <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's how it works. As long as it's baseball. All right. After the first quarter, we have a score of Jeremy 130 and uh, Matt and Mason not terribly far behind at 80 points. And we're going to be moving on to the second quarter, which is The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question number one in the missing link. To whom have the following quotes been attributed? I never questioned the integrity of an umpire. Their eyesight, yes. And... Nice guys finish last. I'm going to check in. 
All right, Jeremy's checked in. So uh, Matt and Mason, talk it out. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the name. That's Famous the name. I should say a name. Yeah, that's a name. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the name. Okay. You want to go with that? I'm sorry, I second guess myself. Well, feel yeah, free I to think, talk it out. Yeah, we can't. Well, well, I first said because the, the the three names that I know that say goofy things or are known for saying things that are funny or whatever, Yogi Berra, Casey uh, Stengel, um, and Leo DeRocher. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's, for some reason DeRocher. I knew it was an old school guy and just couldn't pull the name, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's go with it. Uh, We're gonna check in with that, Dan. All right, checking into uh, Leo DeRocher and uh, Jeremy. What did you say? You know, it's funny before you even gave the, the actual quotes and you said, who is, who said these things, the three names that popped in my head are the three names that Matt just said, Leo DeRocher, Casey Stengel, Yogi Berra, because they're all known for such quotes. And right away, I knew it wasn't Yogi Berra. And I was pretty convinced it was Leo DeRocher. And I just couldn't, for some reason, get Casey Stengel out of my head, but I went with Leo DeRocher. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that they are correct. And it is Leo Philip DeRocher. Both teams getting question, getting this question correctly. Um, the answer is Leo DeRocher. So the theme-linked answer so far, Leo DeRocher. Question number two. Spending his entire 21-year career with one team and leading them in home runs for 18 consecutive seasons. This six-time National League home run leader has his number four retired and hanging in Oracle Park, though he never played a game further west of St. Louis. I am checking in. All right, Jeremy's checked in. Matt and Mason, talk it out. I'm going to put that on a recording and just um, play it from now on. So we're talking about somebody. Oh, so Oracle Park, San Francisco, but never playing west of St. Louis means it had to be someone for the old Giants. Yeah. But so, does, is Oracle Park, that's where the Giants play? San Francisco Giants is Oracle Park. Oh, I didn't know that. So we're looking at someone that played for the old Giants. Yeah. Number that four. Fits I think it's some, um, Mel Ott. Oh. That's I was trying to remember that list. <laughs> that's five bucks. Rolls reversed. <laughs> um, I like that name though. That's a good one. I don't know how long he played, but Mel Ott played a long career. I think that fits that. I'm trying to think of any other older guys besides that, but let's go with it. Okay, we'll check in Mel Ott. All right, and Jeremy, what did you say? It is definitely Mel Ott. Both teams getting their points on this one. Correct answer is Mel Ott. 21-year career, and uh, 18 of those years, he led his team in home runs. Yeah. Dominant. Yeah, not, not bad. <laughs> he was, he was, he's, he's pretty good. And, you know, polo grounds, I think he got a lot of, uh, a, lot of a lot of help from uh, the short lines. But, you know. Yeah, still. just don't go to center field in the polo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, third guy with 500 career home runs, right? So your theme-linked answers so far? Leo DeRocher, Mel Ott. Question number three. Among the men that this man has replaced in their jobs are Bobby Cox, Whitey Herzog, and Buck Showalter. I am checking in. 
All right, Jeremy's checked in. Uh, Matt and Mason, talk it out. Well, Bookshow Walter coached for like four different teams, so. Um, Got to be the, the other two then. Whitey Herzog. So where did Cox pick? Uh, sorry, Cox managed somewhere else besides the Braves, right? Where was he? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. he's somewhere else. I'm trying to think right now. I know he was in multiple, but. And when so was when that? Did, when did Cox leave? That would have been. 70s? Mm. Early 80s? 80s. It was the Blue Jays. Okay. okay, so I guess it was the Blue Jays. Because he's because he was with Jeez. he was with the Braves, and then I guess I guess the Blue Jays then, and then went back to the Braves. The, the Braves. Yeah, we've never so, had anybody help yeah, the team had... as much as Jeremy's done so far. <laughs> hey, this game, he's I'm still winning. It. Like, absolutely, uh, he's gonna give us the answer. We don't, we don't he's gonna give us the answer, and he still got it. So, um, um so who would have uh, coached the Blue Jays then? This would have been like uh, or. Or the Braves in the middle of that, because I, I guess I, I was remembering that. Oh, the Braves, Braves and then, have, so and he, then went, he, he went twice. He was like with oh, the Braves for a little that. bit, and I knew he had a break, some well, a break, but he went somewhere else. And then, yeah, so we there's three possibilities as far as when this could replacement could happen. I think when Showalter got fired from the Rangers, didn't he got by by what was his name Washington, right? Um, I forget his first name. But he was also with Baltimore, and he was with the Yankees, and he was with the fourth team, too. I can't remember. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, yeah. He was the first Diamondbacks uh, manager. So, I mean. Yeah, that I don't think that's, that's the way we have to go about that because that's a lot of. Yeah. Whitey Herzog. So, oh, my gosh. I feel so stupid that I don't even know where. where that's the Cardinals. Cardinals. That's the Cardinals. Mama! I got, I no, got you, No, I'm not. This, this, that, there's certain areas that I know a lot about, and then there's certain areas I know nothing about. Well, you're a Minnesota guy, and the 1987 Minnesota Twins beat oh, Whitey was, Redbirds. Yeah, Whitey Herzog was. I remember player. Herzog sitting in the uh, in the, in the yeah, dugout okay. after uh, during the celebration. So, felt bad for him. I really did. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, I, I feel bad. As for that did guy. I. Okay. I'm sure so, so, when was, who was after Herzog? I have no idea. I didn't even know that Whitey coached the Cardinals then, so I don't even know who coached after him. Oh, well, um, maybe if we can find a manager that fits the teams. Because the problem I mean, is there's so many other teams, and we don't know. The only well, one we, consistent that we know is the Cardinals. Right. Well, and we would just more likely the Braves for that, but not guaranteed. So the Braves in the early 80s? 80s. So Braves in the early 80s and Cardinals in the late 80s, early 90s. If we can find somebody that fits that, then and then Showalter would be after that. So Dusty Baker, but those teams don't make sense for Dusty Baker. No, Dusty Baker though seems to you know that dude has lived a baseball life. Holy cow! That guy's Wikipedia page is just a mountain of crazy baseball stats and stuff. Does it make sense for Don Baylor? <laughs> Managed the Rockies in 1995. I heard that once. Mm-hmm. You learn things, learn new things every day. All right. Well, we don't even have a name that we're even chewing on here. Old white guy. Let's see here. <laughs> it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really eliminate much. True. 
eliminates Don Baylor and Dusty Baker. It does. Yeah. yeah. It also eliminates Cito Gaston if you were trying to go yeah, that way. Cito yeah. Gaston. Thank you. That's what I was trying to think of with that. No, it's not. You were trying to think of Gene Tennis. Gene yes. Tennis. No, no, I know. I was trying to, I was going to say when Cito Gaston came to, uh, uh, but I didn't want to say it because I don't sound like an idiot. That one guy <laughs> that was a coon. I don't know, dude. I'm lost. Um, Billy the manager. Billy, Billy Bean. No. Um, Billy Martin. Billy Martin. There you go. Billy Martin. Billy Martin. <laughs> Billy Martin. I doubt that's right, but we can go with it. If that's what you want to go with. I don't. I don't have anything else. It doesn't fit our theme, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> sure. You, ha- you have a theme? Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Matt hasn't told me. He just said, besides the obvious, which I don't know what that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what the obvious is. But anyway, <laughs> they're all baseball players. <laughs> I'm going to go right ahead and tell you right now, it's not that they're all baseball players. Yeah, I, I figured that as much. So they have more zero specific. career goals in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go with Billy Martin. I have no idea. Sure. Check it in. All right. Um, Jeremy, what did you say for this one? Well, I also went with a guy who won a World Series as the manager of the Yankees, but not Billy Martin. Uh, this guy replaced Buck Showalter as manager of the Yankees. Uh, Buck Showalter got fired from the Yankees the next year they won the world series. Then he got fired from the diamondbacks the next year they won the world series. Uh, and then uh, they Rangers hired him and they fired him. And I thought, well, boy, if you want to win some money, bet on the Rangers to win the world series, but they did not win it the next year. Uh, we're talking about Joe Torre uh, replaced Bobby Cox in Atlanta, Weddy Herzog in St. Louis and Buck Showalter in New York. Like I said, Josh flavor text, <laughs> Joe Torre is your correct answer. You know, yeah, as makes, soon as Joe Walter, now. the Yankees and Joe Torrey popped in my head too. I don't know why I didn't go with that. Sorry. It didn't cross my mind, honestly. I should have, but it didn't cross so my mind. Your theme-linked answers thus far, Leo DeRocher, Mel Ott, Joe Torrey. Moving on to question number four. This member of the 500 Home Run Club won the National League Rookie of the Year, two League MVP awards, and is one of only two Major League Baseball players to have his, re- his number retired by three teams. 500 home run club, two MVPs, Rookie of the Year, and number retired by three teams. Well, I should know that a lot quicker. Than I apparently do. And that is problematic. Okay, well, we can do all the 500 home run guys. So, no, no, no. Okay. I have to say, I did not expect anyone to name all the 500 home run yeah, well, I mean, I... and then go about it that way. I did not expect that. I, I should have. Well, I mean, See if it works. Uh, all right. Well, uh, okay. It's got to be him. Oh, yeah. It's him. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check in. All right. Jeremy's checked in, boys. So uh, feel free to talk it out. All right. So we sat here trying to think of the teams that would have retired Frank Robinson's number. I think we have three now, right? 
Yeah, for some reason I had it in my brain that he played the majority of his career with Baltimore, but now I remember no, he, he started, started with the Reds else. from like the mid fifties until like the mid sixties or something, and he went to and Baltimore. They and then they could have easily retired his number. And then he was a he was a player manager in Cleveland. I don't know how yeah, long he was there, right? Because he was one of the first player managers, as far as like. You know, starting that, that 70s time period is where you start seeing a couple of them come in. Um, so it could easily be Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati as the three teams that retired his number. Yeah, I mean, and then he managed a whole bunch of teams after that later. So And and we know he won. So we have two league MVP awards, which for me implies one in each league. Yeah, just so he because you, probably won one with Baltimore and one with the Reds. Right. Rookie of the year. I'm pretty sure he's a rookie of the year. You want to do that? Yeah. Let's check in with Frank Robinson. All right. Jeremy, what did you say? Well, there's only one guy who's won a league MVP in both the American League and National League. Uh, and it is Mr. Frank Robinson, uh, which is who I ended up settling on with his 586 career home runs. Uh, I did not realize the Indians retired his number, which must be the third team, which is really part of what threw me for a loop there. And of course, because I thought the theme was three letter first names because of uh, <laughs> Leo, Mel and Joe. That's a reason. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, well, Jim Tomey and Ken Griffey Jr. Just don't work for this one. And so then I had to go through and uh, got to Frank Robinson, at 586 square home runs and, and went, uh, went with him. The, uh, the play testers also came up with three letter first names. Yeah. Um, and they were just as equally wrong as you were on that. So, the uh, yeah, the three teams that uh, retired his number were the uh, the Reds, uh, the Orioles, and Cleveland, and um, also won the Triple Crown. I didn't throw that one in there. That I thought that might make it a little too easy, but uh, correct answer is Frank Robinson. So our theme linked answers thus far are Leo DeRocher, Mel Ott. Joe Torrey, Frank Robinson. And I'll give you a second before we go on to the fifth question, like I always do. Is the theme always sports related or can it be Not necessarily. Like, okay. All right. With with me, you never know. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Dan, Dan's going to be all over the place. So, all right. Well, I've, I've got nothing for all you. All right. I'm moving on to the fifth question. Maybe this will help. Question number five Which hard playing outfielder build over? Cleveland catcher Ray Fossey to win the 1970 All-Star Game. This collision caused him to miss three games with a bruised knee, but caused Fossey many more significant long-term issues. Uh, we can check I am, in. I'm checked. Okay, you check oh, both, in. Both we, teams we beat have checked him in. So, yeah. so, Jeremy, we're going to let you go ahead and say the answer. <laughs> well, that was the famous uh, Pete Rose-Ray uh, Fossey collision. Uh, and... Uh, so we're going to go with uh, Pete Rose, but uh, I don't know if I'd call him an outfielder. You know, he, he was an outfielder so for many... that game. Yeah, yeah he played game. so many positions, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it's Pete Rose. Yeah, he was an outfielder for that game. And uh, guys, uh, what did you say? As a uh, as we learned on this uh, show just recently, Pete Rose is the person to have been nominated to a All Star game with the most diverse uh, uh, positions. Because he went as a first baseman, a second baseman, a right fielder, and a left fielder, I think. 
think he might have gone as a third baseman. Yeah, I'm gonna say oh, yeah, yeah, more. yeah, yeah. Not not second base. No, he was a second baseman. He might might have gone as a second. I mean, like that's yeah. the thing is he played pretty. But he much also everywhere. played in the late '60s when they used to do two different uh, All Star games. Also, so there was that yeah, '50s, '60s, and early '70s where they didn't have a shared uh, All Star game. But anyway, yeah. So we checked in also with Pete Rose. Both teams getting points on that one. Correct answer is Pete Rose. So. Your theme-linked answers for this round are Leo DeRocher, Mel Ott, Joe Torre, Frank Robinson, and Pete Rose. I've had one team give me a successful answer. That's not me. It came after the fourth question. So, um, Jeremy, uh, you can try and talk this one out to yourself for another 50 points if you want to try it. Well, let's let's give it a shot here. So we got Leo the Lip DeRocher. We got uh, Casey. No, not Casey Stinger. We got Leo the Rip DeRocher. DeRocher. We got Melvin Ott and Mel Ott. We got Joe Torre, uh, Frank Robinson, and Pete Rose. So Frank Robinson and Pete Rose both played for the Reds. Uh, Melot only played for the Giants. Uh, Leo DeRocher, really not much of a player, more of just a, a, a manager. Um, Melot, a home run hitter, Hall of Famer. Pete Rose, ineligible for the Hall of Fame. Frank Robinson, a Hall of Famer. Um, they're not all from the same neck of the woods, I don't think. Uh, Leo DeRocher is an East Coaster. Uh, I mean, Mel Ott, I want to say he's from Louisiana, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, he is. I'll say that he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Leo DeRocher, he played briefly, played for the Cardinals, Dodgers, might have played for some other teams. Uh, Frank Robinson, I think he did play briefly for the Giants. Uh, Leo DeRocher had a managed, he did manage the Giants actually. Uh, Mel Ott played for the Giants. I don't know if Joe Torre has any connection to the Giants. Maybe he played for him. I can't think of any. Um, We'll say they're all connected to the Giants. Why not? All right. All connected to the Giants. And I'm going to ask uh, Mason and Matt, what did you say? Yeah, as soon as uh, Mason brought up that uh, Frank Robinson was a player manager with Cleveland, I sat there and thought, well, wait, now Leo was a player manager, but I forget which team he was with. Uh, with the Dodgers. Dodgers. I know that uh, uh, Joe, Joe Torre was, a, a, was, a, was a player manager with the Reds. And then as soon as he said Pete Rose, I said, there it is right there. You know, or no, I'm sorry. After Frank Robinson, we submitted the guest thinking that, well, we can't lose points at this point. So we might as well just say that. And then as soon as he, uh, Pete Rose is like, yep, that's it. We got it. So yeah. Player managers. And that is the correct answer. All five oh. of them were player managers. Joe Torrey was a player manager with the Mets. Wow. Oh, with the Mets? Oh, I thought he was with the Reds. 1977 <laughs> with the Mets. It's with the Mets, yes. We've, wow. We've had this and I was discussion. even wrong on that. So yeah, if, you'd, if you'd have given me Lou Boudreau, I might have gotten there. But uh, 
All right. Um, Damn. After the second quarter, we have an interesting game going on here because right now Jeremy has 230 and Mason and Matt are in the lead with 260 after getting the theme. Short-lived. <laughs> and now we'll move on to halftime. It is now time for the Halftime Show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Question one at halftime. In which 1994 film, the third in a series, would you hear the following line of dialogue? This is your last chance. And I'm not talking about one of those Major League Baseball Steve Howe kind of last chances. You said it was the third movie in a series, right? Third movie in a series, yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm checking in. I knew I knew that. Jeremy has checked in rather emphatically. I knew I knew that quote. It's just, yeah. Okay. Matt and Mason, you can talk it out. Am am I allowed to taunt them while they talk it out and just (laughs) say like how... Oh, their I mean, you, lead is going to be short-lived, and you've been we a already great, said that. Okay. You've been a great sport uh, throughout I just, this I just, entire game. I just, I just want to insult them a little bit. You've you've talked them out of bad answers already. I so know. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. but I and mean, now I he's going to berate us at halftime. There's not a chance that you're going to lose, Jeremy. But if you do lose, it's going to be your own damn fault. That's so right. I'm just telling you right now. So <laughs> I just want to get one final insult in at you. Okay. Well, while you get your one final insult in there, that's fine. I'm going to tell Mason what I think the answer is. I think this mm-hmm. is Naked Gun three, or whatever the third, thirty-three and a third, because it was Naked Gun, Naked Gun two and a half, and then Naked Gun thirty-three and a third. Are you okay with checking in with that? I I don't have anything on this, so sure. So, yeah. I trust so, you. We're going to go with a naked gun, 33 and a third. You should make them give you the full title, Dan. Go ahead and give me the full title, Jeremy. (laughs) Well, it was naked gun, naked gun, two and a half, the smell of fear and naked gun, 33 and a third, the final insult. So I will be giving both teams points, but yes, the correct answer is (laughs) naked gun, 33 and a third, the final insults. I didn't really want to insult you. I just wanted to have fun. <laughs> I, I love oh, that's why you said that. Yeah. I okay. Makes sense now. I, I love that line. because uh, how how many yeah, how many yeah. last chances did Steve Howe get in the uh, end? Seven, I think. <laughs> so that's just sad. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, kids. Yeah. <laughs> and kids don't don't oh. do drugs. Don't do don't do it. Question number two. In the nineteen ninety-nine film Frequency. Jim Caviezel's character finds a way to communicate with his father from 30 years in the future. To prove to him that he is indeed speaking from the future, he correctly predicts the score of a couple of baseball games. Name either team that was involved in those games. Uh, I'm going to check in. Jeremy's checked in. Matt and Mason, you can talk it out. Never seen this movie, never heard of this movie. I haven't either. So, uh, frequency, Jim Caviezel. So, wait, okay, 99 film, 30 years in the future. So, 1969 would put the when he would be predicting the games, right? Because, oh, wait, never mind. I thought it was, I misread yeah, it. I thought it was taking place in 99. From, Sorry, 
is it from 2029 or is it from 1969? Well, I mean, I was reading it wrong. I thought it was taking place in 1999, but the film is from 1999. Sorry. So I misread that. So that, oh. that year probably has nothing so to do with it. So we have no context at all. So we could just guess any teams. Yeah. I mean, or we could, unless it's one of those movies where it takes place in the year that it comes out, but I don't. Well, I mean, we could guess something from six. It still doesn't give us an answer, even close to anything that we would. I mean, the, the there's that famous, um, what was it, Back to Future, where they predicted. Uh, oh, the Cubs World Series, yeah. Yeah. Was it the Cubs? Well, they, then they then they also predict that Miami would win or something like that. And the, it was the Cubs whatever. over Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, and, for obvious reasons. The joke was Michael J. Fox is like, Miami has a baseball team, and the guy from the future is like, yeah, who would have believed the Cubs won the World Series? And then, of course, they almost got it dead on. They were just a year off. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at this point, we could just go with, uh, guess the team. Uh, uh, Cubs and Red Sox. We just need to guess one team. It says name either team, so we just need one team. Cubs. Sure, why not? All right, checking with the Cubs. Sure. Wow. I guess it would have taken a miracle for them to get this right. Uh, Boy, I got to tell you, Mason, you were right on, dead on. Uh, If we go back and and you go with your logic and you say 1999, 30 years ago, 1969, and you're going to talk about a game in 1969, what are you going to talk about? The Mets? Miracle Mets. The Miracle Mets. World Series, 1969. Uh One team getting points. Correct answer is either the New York Mets or the Baltimore Orioles. He was talking about the World Series games. So by me misreading the question, it actually almost could have gotten us to an answer. You didn't really misread it. I mean, I think you were dead on in everything you said. Well, I didn't didn't know it it. took... I didn't know it took place in 1999. Well, I thought I, I read mean, like most in movies the film. take place in the year that they're put out. I mean, yeah, I mean, you well, know, I, know. I just I didn't read the question that way, so that's why. I would, yeah, but yeah. All right, let's move on to question number three. According to an in-depth analysis written for Baseball Prospectus, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which two teams are playing in the matinee baseball game that they attend? I'm going to give ten bonus points if you could tell me who is pitching. When Ferris catches the foul ball. Okay, I'm checked in on the teams. I have to think about the pitcher. All right. An extra special bragging points if you can tell me who hit the foul ball. See, that I think I got. It's the <laughs> pitcher that I don't remember. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check in with uh you with know everything. Yeah, why not? All right. All right. And uh, Matt and Mason, you can talk it out. So Cubs so and the Cubs, we know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Mm. You also know it's a National League team because they didn't have interleague back then. So yep. you know, yeah. You're a very, very benevolent opponent. Uh, I mean, you know, the I mean, Di- yeah, the Diamondbacks That's... and Rockies didn't exist then. You can eliminate them. Mm-hmm. But then. Yeah. I, it's still picking a, a random team from then still. But now you're Just a little smaller a, chance. Yeah. Instead a much of a smaller one chance. in 28, 29, now you got a one in like 11, you know? Yeah. So, and then we can just pick a, a Cubs pitcher from the time. I remember the scene, but I don't remember them 
I don't remember anything about the jerseys though, or anything about the them the talking about the players. I'm sure. For the shock of no one, I haven't seen this movie, so that's not okay. Gonna you. you should rectify that. Yeah, yeah. he's got I'm... a list of a about 35 movies that he needs to rectify. Yeah, well, I mean, so. the man was born in 1999, so yeah, you know, you there's, there's a lot of movies out there for you. To My watch. son watched this movie three days ago. Just saying. Was your son born before or after 1999? Well, my son is 11, okay. so. <laughs> so after. Okay. All right, well, let's pick an NL team <laughs> and guess a random Cubs pitcher. The Mets. Phillies, Braves. Um, well, we already had Mets as an answer, so let's not pick the Mets, I guess. Well, we can game yeah. theory that way. Look, you can eliminate another team. Look at this. Now, you're you're, you're going to whittle your way down to the right answer. <laughs> so this movie, I forget the year, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess like, and I'm going to be wrong, and Jeremy's going to make fun of me. Um, 85? You know, that's a fine guess whether you're right or wrong. That is certainly... It's a little uh, later than that, but not yeah. much. Okay, so... Lee Smith? He was a pitcher for the Cubs around that time, right? Late 80s? We can go that for the pitcher. So what team are we going besides the Cubs? Um, Astros were in the NL then. Uh, obviously, the... I think if um, if it was the Cardinals, he probably would have known. He would have right away been snapping with the Cardinals. Brewers were in the AL back then. Look the at Pirates. that. You're eliminating another team. <laughs> yep. So it could be the Pirates. It could be the Reds. It could be the Phillies. Um, day game. They weren't. Well, I mean, I guess I, if it was late 80s, they would have been playing night games then, but it was a day game, so it was probably a getaway game. At very minimum, if not just playing day games anyway. So they didn't have lights yet. What's that? They, they didn't, didn't have, have lights yet. yet at that point. August eighth, nineteen eighty eight was the first scheduled night game at Wrigley Field. Okay. So. Holy cow. All right. So I have no idea the team. Pick I pick one of these teams. Phillies, Reds, Braves. Go with my favorite team, the Braves. I don't know. Okay. Sure. So Cubs, Braves, and Lee Smith for the pitcher. Yeah, I mean Lee Smith's the only the only Cubs unless you know anything yeah. from that time frame. So okay. We'll go Cubs, Braves, Lee Smith. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what did you say? <laughs> well, uh, you needed a miracle on the last one, which you didn't get, but you got it on this one. <laughs> it was in fact the Cubs Braves. Uh and remember, I I said right away, I knew the teams right away. I was just trying to think of the pitcher. And I know I'm almost positive Claudel Washington hit the ball. Uh, Washington did hit the ball. And, and <laughs> oh I believe gosh. it. I, I don't know the pitcher, but I also locked in with Lee Smith because I think it was later in the game and he was the closer on the Cubs uh, at that point. So um, I don't know if Lee Smith is right. That's the one <laughs> part I didn't know. So on the TV, it doesn't show which team is playing. You have to look really closely to figure it out, but you can see the powder blue uniform. So that narrows it down quite a bit. Um, and it is the Braves that is playing that day. And um, on the, the reason I didn't ask about Claudel Washington is because that's not actually spoken of in the game, I mean, in, the, in the movie itself. But in the movie itself, they do have the play-by-play -play going on. And they're talking about um, the pitch delivered by Lee Smith. 
And you're right. Exactly. <laughs> Jeremy, you were exactly right. It was late in the game. It was a zero, zero tie. The bears were winning. The bears yeah, were winning. winning. <laughs> <laughs> and it was late in the game. Um, both teams getting 30 points on that one. Nice. Stumbled our way there, but we'll take it. Yeah. More moving on to question number four in goodwill hunting. Robin Williams recounts the story of how his character met his wife. What World Series game year and game number, please, <laughs> did he miss in order to go see about a girl? Uh, I am checking it. All right. Mason and Matt, you can talk it out. I think it's 72 game six. Sure. <laughs> hmm? Sure. Because was, was 72 the year that they that the Red Sox and the Reds played? 72? Was it seven? That doesn't feel right. It was a 70s year, but I I could be off on 72. If it's that World Series, I don't think that was 72. Well, what year? So the Reds won in... What years did the Reds win? 70. The big red machine was like 70. That was like mid-70s, right? Like se- 74, 75? Yeah, 74 might might be it. If it's that World Series, Red Sox, Reds, I think that's going to be closer, like 74, 75. But I don't know which one. It's going to be somewhere in there. But but I'm like I said, I'm strictly going off of that piece of information because I don't remember this at all. All right, Dan, we're going to check in with uh, 1972 and uh, Game 6. All right. Jeremy, what did you say? Well, uh, it was a World Series with the Reds. They were in the World Series in 1972. They lost to the A's that year. Mm. Uh, it was 1975 game six with Carlton Fisk waving the ball fair as he was uh, hopping down the first baseline. Uh, the A's won their three straight in uh, 72, 73, 74. Reds went back-to-back in 75, 76. Yankees beat the Dodgers in back-to-back years in 77, 78. The Pirates won in 79 and 71, and the Orioles uh, beat the Reds in 1970. And there's your 1970s World Series recap, and uh, there you go. I'm done. <laughs> flavor text. Yeah. I was, about, I was about to give the exact same flavor text, actually. So yeah. uh, great minds and all. But, uh, yes, the correct answer is the Game 6 of the 1975 World Series. All right. Question number five. In Sleepless in Seattle, Sam's son thinks that it was a sign that Sam and Annie would end up together because they both agreed that who was the best third baseman ever. All right, I'm going to check in. Jeremy's checked in. Matt and Mason, talk it out. Hmm. I don't have anything on this one either. So, I mean... We can just start naming third baseman. That would have been. So greatest third baseman of all time. Is Gary Gaetti, and it's not close. Well, we all know. That. <laughs> okay, so the second yeah, that's the third answer. baseman of all time. Yeah. Uh, Brooks Robinson. Um, that's fair guess. Is there anybody with a Seattle connection? Well, she's Maybe. not from Seattle, though. And I don't – she's from – Baltimore. Yeah. 
isn't she? Because they meet in New York, though, but they travel to New York from somewhere on the East Coast. That makes sense then, yeah. Sure. I don't think anybody at that time, back in the 80s, nobody from Seattle was actually from Seattle. Like everyone moved out to Seattle about the 70s or so. Everyone in Seattle moved out there. So, yeah. Kind of like Denver. Brooks Robinson? Sure. That's a perfectly valid answer. All right. And Jeremy, what did you say? Well, I mean, greatest third baseman ever. It's got to be either Mike Schmidt or Brooks Robinson. Uh, I just figured Mike Schmidt had just recently retired and Brooks Robinson was the better answer there. And we already had Frank Robinson as an answer. So I went with Brooks Robinson. But now that you've said she was for Baltimore, it's 100% Brooks Robinson. It is 100% Brooks Robinson. That is correct. Yeah, and, if I'd have uh, known that piece of information, there'd have been no doubt. Um, once again, Jeremy giving you the flavor text on that one that I was going to give is that uh, Meg Ryan's character was from Baltimore. <laughs> so, well, to be no, fair, Matt, that was from I Matt. Gave, that was Matt from Matt. gave the yeah, flavor text you. on that. <laughs> give Mac props for that one at least. I haven't seen that movie. All right. After halftime, we still have a tight game. With uh, Matt and Mason have 330. And taking the lead back, Jeremy has 340. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of five pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. All right, remember, David questions are worth 20, Goliath questions are worth 50, and you may only answer one of them. And if you answer a David question, you stink. (laughs) <laughs> or you're trying to uh, preserve your lead Who knows? we might stink this whole round yeah then we're gonna i am saying right now i will not answer a david question all oh, right wow. i well, am that's refusing great. calling his shot he's pointing out to uh pointing out that's to right. the outfield right that's now. right let's see uh it's a bold strategy cotton let's see how it goes it's like like <laughs> point, calling his shot calling his shot like paul o'neill did for the uh, the sick child hey two home runs in one game you don't promise two home runs <laughs> well, his his, uh, his the one got called back so he had to catch the ball in his hat to uh, to, <laughs> to finish out the uh, the promise anyway foreshadowing by the way paul o'neill is going to come up again <laughs> just throwing that out there all right question 1 in david versus goliath question number 1 david on September 28, 1995, which 10-time All-Star American League batting champion and Hall of Famer had his jaw broken in his last career at bat by a Dennis Martinez fastball? 
question number one, Goliath. On August 16th, 1920, Cleveland shortstop Ray Chapman was killed when he was hit in the head by a pitch thrown by which Yankee pitcher? <laughs> yeah, I'm checking in with uh, Goliath there. All right, and you don't you don't have to say which one you're checking in with, but you already have, so you already said you're going to are going to all be Goliath. So, all right, uh, Jeremy's checked in, and uh, Matt and Mace can talk it out. Oh, Goliath's killing me because I know the story. I just don't remember the name of the, yeah, I'm the pitcher. The name of the pitcher because he played for Cleveland, right? So it was a Yankees pitcher from 1920. Yeah, so that old timey baseball comes up here. Oh, man. Do you have any idea on that, David? I've heard this. I just don't. Nothing's coming to mind for it. Uh, no, I feel to... like I'm going to sound stupid. Do you have something? I mean, I'm, I'm probably not right, but I don't know. For which one? Well, I mean, I remember that story about uh, Chapman getting hit because I remember after... Who is it? Somebody brought up about the dead ball era. Me. That was me. It was about. And then we didn't the define most... what the dead ball era. And then we looked and it I, up. Yeah, I brought up. That that's what started it. But I don't remember the name of the guy that threw the pitch. I remember the situation. and The the name that pops in my brain is Maze. But I don't know if that's right. Maybe I'm thinking other famous baseball players named Maze. <laughs> Can't think of uh, any others. No, there's not. Uh, Joe Mays, pitcher. That's right, Joe Mays. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Hello. Come on. I mean, if that's what you feel for the Goliath, I'm fine with it. Oh, I I mean, that's just a that's just a name that popped in my brain. I don't know if it's right. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to. We're probably gonna have to go. Do we have anything on the David though? I don't know this one at all. Ten-time All-Star, AL batting champion, Dennis Martinez. I know this. I know I'm going to this entire game. So, Jeremy, just stop making fun of me because I'm just a I don't oh, know all these oh, things. I have as not much yet begun to make fun you of you, do. sir. I'm so I, I apologize. God, he's not making fun of me. I don't even remember Dennis Martinez playing in the AL. He did give you the final insult, though. Um, okay, there you go. Thank you. Thank you for El that. El Presidente threw a perfect game as a member of the Indians, I believe. Oh, he did. Okay. Oh, no. Sorry, he was an expo when he did that, but he played for the Indians. Okay. Yeah. So we can eliminate that team. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to go through it that way again. Either one's going to be a guess. At least the one I have a name that I have. You have heard, a name for I Goliath. Might be a shot in the dark. So I, I feel at this point, if we have a name for Goliath, we might as well go for it. We're going to, I think that's the way we're going to have to play this. So if, All right, Dan, if, we're going to check in with Goliath and with the answer of Maze. Checking in maze, okay? And uh, Jeremy, what'd you say? Matt, where are you from? Minnesota, Wisconsin. And you were trying to think of a 10-time All-Star AL batting champion and Hall of Famer who last oh, played in 1995. Yeah. And I thought he got hit in the eye. His glaucoma had nothing to do oh, with and, the pitch. And you this couldn't think of somebody? Okay, so first thought, yeah, yeah. I don't have to insult you. You can insult yourself on that. This happens. This happens every once in a while to Matt, where he gets a question right in his wheelhouse and just Rod Carew, uh, Camp Randall, um, (laughs) list of things. Now, as for the Goliath question, which I'm going to answer, I had gotten up and turned around to look at my uh, behind me. I have my little in Cardinals corner. I have like a bookshelf, 
which has all my baseball books and my John Grisham books. And somehow, I don't know what happened, but I own the book and I, maybe it didn't make the move with me when I moved. Uh, it's a book called The Pitch That Killed, which is actually all about the Ray Chapman incident and how he got hit in the head from a pitch thrown by Carl Mays. So you are correct. And Carl Mays is the correct answer on that one. Both teams getting the 50 points on this one. The correct answer is Carl Mays. And for the David, yes, Matt, it was Kirby Puckett. Glad he didn't yeah. remember that. Because yeah. otherwise he probably wouldn't have went Mays. <laughs> the, the, the pitch that broke uh, Puckett's jaw had nothing to do with his eyesight. That just happened. And it okay. happened right after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a coincidence, but it, it just happened. Question number two. David, in 1968, Orioles pitcher Dave McNally finished the season with 22 wins, 202 strikeouts, and a 1.95 ERA. He finished fifth in MVP voting and only managed to be the runner-up in the Cy Young voting. Which player won the 1968 American League Cy Young Award? Question number two, Goliath. On the National League side, 1968 saw a picture saw a pitcher finish his third season with 25 or more wins and he never won the Cy Young Award. Who is it? I'm going to check in. Jeremy's checked in, so uh, Matt and Mason, you can talk it out. So we both knew 68 NL was Bob Gibson. Right. And yeah, I knew I was... that the 68 AL, I'm pretty sure, I think it's Denny McLean. That sounds right. You know, because it was Colfax and Gibson kind of went back and forth with Cy Youngs in the 60s on the NL side. And I'm sure I'm going to know this game. I mean, 25 wins three times. We're talking about a pretty dominant pitcher. Yeah. Still not, still not getting a Cy but Young. never won the Cy Young. That's crazy. It's probably one of those guys, you know, one like I said, Kovacs and Gibson going off for a season blocking him from – Oh yeah, certainly. Getting it. So, you want to just check in with the David, and he's gonna get it right anyway. He knows. The yeah, Goliath, I don't so. think we don't even have a guess on Goliath. So let's just take our our points where we can get them. Yeah. So we're gonna check in, Dan, uh, with uh, David Denny McLean. All right, and uh, Jeremy, what did you say? Uh, well, Denny McLean, son-in-law of Hall of Famer Lou Butero and ex-convict Denny McLean, is the correct answer to the David. The is that Goli the second time Lou Boudreaux's come up tonight? It, it is, is, and it I, is. I, I can bring him up again because I have a great Lou Boudreaux story if you ever <laughs> want to hear it. Um, he, is a, he was a great, great man. Um, the uh, Goliath answer, uh, he did lose to Bob Gibson in 68. He lost to his teammate in 67, uh, I believe Mike McCormick, also on the Giants. And then prior to that, I think they only did one Cy Young Award until 66, and Sandy Koufax uh, won like 65 and 66. Um, Juan Marichal. Both teams will be getting their points on this one. Correct answer for David was Denny McLean. He had won 31 games that year. That's going to get you the Cy Young. Um, and the uh, Goliath is Juan Marichal. All right, let's go on to question number three. Question number three, David, in 1980, Ricky Henderson began a run of 11 American League stolen base crowns in 12 years. The 1970s didn't see one dominant base dealer in the American League, but which team would supply four of the 10 base leaders, stolen base leaders in the 1970s? And question number three, Goliath. In the late 1970s, one player 
scored 33 runs and stole 31 bases without ever making an official plate appearance. His 1975 Topps baseball card listed his position as pinch runner. Who is he? Yeah, I'm going to lock in. Jeremy's checked in. Matt and Mason, talk it out. Well, so, you know, you know me, I like these oddities, right? These little goofy things, you know, um, but this pinch runner and I used to be a big baseball card dude and, you know, pinch runner on the baseball card was unusual. I do remember there being a guy in the seventies who had that, but I think his name might've been Washington, but I'm not sure. I don't, I have no idea what his first name is, but um, but David, teams that stole a lot of bases in the AL, the A's were always a running team, uh, but they had a lot of home runs, so they weren't really a small ball team, but they just were fast. They always had fast guys. I mean, and then Ricky came later. So it's usually the the two two types of teams usually are good with stealing bases, either teams who are really bad and they steal a lot of bases so they can pump up energy in the crowd kind of a deal and get people and say like, we have a crappy product, but you know what? It's really exciting when we come and get thrown out at second um, or, you know, on the like, you know, quarter of the time that they make, make it on base um, or teams that are really good. That's, you know, and if these teams, so really good teams from the AL in the seventies, A's, Makes sense, right? Because they won some World Series in there, and then uh, and the, the Yankees won a couple of World Series in the 70s, right? Jeremy, you just went through the whole list, and I wasn't paying attention, but I think they won two. Um, but the Yankees were never a speed team. So, do you want to go with the A's for the David, or do you want to take just a wild hair? that there was maybe a guy named uh, that was position was pinch runner in the seventies named Washington that I have like a 0.001% remembrance of in my brain somewhere in my foggy cobwebs of my, uh, my mind, my mind junk drawer in the Jasmine of your mind. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind going for it. Like I said, he's going for it every time. So the question is, if that's an if you if you feel eh about it, but it's a name. No, I don't, I mean, feel I don't... Eh. It's just like a. It's a, yeah. Let's go. Is with... it better than Maze? Is the question? Is a not even better... close. Maze, okay. I remembered that story, but this one is just. I mean, it could have been I... a dude from the. It could have been a dude from the nineties. No, it would have been the nineties. It would have been the eighties for me. Because that's when I was into baseball cards from like the mid to late eighties. I don't mind. Could have been anybody named Washington. That was. It could have been the uh, old bench coach, and then later on head coach for the for the Rangers, Washington. Um, You're talking uh, about Ron Washington with his blue glove. Um. So yeah. Actually, that was Gary Ward that had the blue glove. Sorry. You want to just go with the A's? I I don't care. I'm fine with taking the risk. It's up to you. I'm I'm. Don't really have a preference either way. So, whatever you want to do with that. Let's just, I'm, 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 let's go with the A's. Okay. We're going to check that in, Dan. All right. Jeremy, what did you say? Well, the A's did have Bert Campanaris. I got an autographed baseball from him right behind me who won a couple of stolen base grounds. I think the team 
Uh, Amos Otis and Willie Wilson are two of the guys would be the Royals, but I'm not, I can't name the other two. So I'm actually, the A's might be right. Uh, I think they had a guy named Joe Rudy who stole some bases. So they had another like guy like Billy North. Uh, so the A's might be correct. I would have said the Royals if I was going for that one. However, <laughs> no guts, no glory, Matt. You had it. Washington. I think it's Herb Washington, but I'm just going to say Washington. I'm not 100% sure on his first name. Both teams are getting their points on this one. Well, it was the A's. Good it was job. the A's. It was, it, was, um, it was Billy North twice and Burt Campanaris twice. Oh, I thought it was four different players. No, just this, okay. just four, the four the four times. The gotcha. Okay. Um, All right. And the Royals uh, did it three times. It was Amos Otis and um, and uh, Willie Wilson. And the other one was, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I've seen it written a bunch of times. Freddie Patek or Patek? Uh, yeah, I've seen that name. I don't know how to say it either. Patek sounds good to yeah. me. I don't know. From the nineteen from nineteen from the year nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty nine, so through from the seventies to the nineties, the uh, Oakland Athletics had the um, leading stolen base uh, champion ten out of the twenty years. Now here's a fun trivia question: Who was it that led the American League the one year that Ricky Henderson did not in the nineteen eighties? I know this, Matt. I know this. Yep, that was um. Oh my gosh! Played for the Mariners. Yeah. Uh, now is on ESPN. Yep. Well, not on ESPN anymore, but was. Oh, the for a Major League Baseball Network. Yep. Um, oh, geez. Walling told a great story about this on our show about, yeah, about fifteen Reynolds. episodes ago. Harold Reynolds. Yep. 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 Harold Reynolds. Yep. Yep. But um, and Herb Washington is the is the Goliath answer. I was I was I was rooting for you to take it, man. I know. I was for you I was to go. Like, Mason on. was telling you to go Sorry, for it. Mason. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Question number four. David, only twice in Major League Baseball history has one player driven in 12 runs in one game. Oh, uh, yes. Who was the player who accomplished this feat in 1993? Goliath. The first such occurrence of 12 RBIs in a single game happened in 1925. Who accomplished this feat? What if I get if I give you both of them right now? I'm checking in. Uh, Nothing because the uh, first one's easy. <laughs> uh, you know, you've had some hard hitting questions easy. here. I'm just saying. I love it. <laughs> the first one's easy. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say it's easy. The first one is a uh, pretty memorable one, though. Well, it is if you are alive. Mason, it should not be easy for you. I don't know either of them. I know I knew the record was 12. I don't know either one of them. 1993 sunny days lie ahead my friends sunny days lie ahead the uh this is this is one of the ones that the uh, play testers got wrong between the four of them hmm. wesley got this wrong he did mm. i know we'll shame him for that later yes we will <laughs> they both did Jeremy, it for the same tried. teams guys well, then I'm, I'm going to imagine oh, well, that was probably with the Cardinals. But yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Dude, do you know anybody who played for the Cardinals in 1993 at the top of your head? Someone that hit the ball really hard. You almost call them hard hitting. Yeah, <laughs> they were really hard hit balls. That is true. No, you got me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on, Quince? Wait, did he just say hard hitting? I said he hit the ball hard. 
Yeah. Or you could call him hard hitting. Yeah. I mean, you got to get 12 RBIs in a game. You know, you got to be hard hitting. It's all staying in. <laughs> I'm the one that edits this. Yeah. You're keeping it all in, right? Isn't there, wasn't there a guy whose nickname was hard hitting Mark Witten? I don't I've even never know heard that's that the answer. In my life. I don't even know if he was played so for the you, Cardinals. You can shame my baseball knowledge. I've never heard of that in my life. I've Player, never... nickname, nothing. That's just because that, that you, know you know my love affair with with sports nicknames, yes. nicknames is that i don't even know that's all i got but sorry that's more <laughs> than i have i didn't <laughs> i have fine. no idea on the 1925 thing well yeah because I, I for the cardinals it could be just some i don't know who that would be but i don't know either. hall of famer yeah it could be i didn't put hall of famer in the question but i understand but he is you want to just go with that david Come oh. on. Go for the big one. We don't have a we name. We don't even have a name. Ah. <laughs> we don't even have a name. Well, dig down <laughs> to the bottom and get it. I'm at the bottom. I don't have any. I'm at bottomed <laughs> out for this question. Let's just go with this Mark Witten. I don't know. Yeah, we'll just limp in for 20 points. Even might not might not even be right. At yeah, this well, point. it might not even be right. So, so. Sure, that's fine. We'll check, we'll check in with Mark Witten. All right, and Jeremy's already given the entire name, but uh, we're going <laughs> to let him go ahead and tell us what he said. Uh, for, yeah, uh, hard-hitting Mark Witten is, of course, the uh, guy from uh, the 90s with the Cardinals. Had four home runs in that game. Uh, the other guy is Sonny Jim Bottomley, a Hall of Fame first baseman for the Cardinals. Uh, teammate of Rogers Hornsby and Ducky Joe Medwick and all those guys. But Jim Bottomley is the other guy. Both teams getting their points on this one. Um, correct answer for the first one is hard-hitting Mark Witten. And uh, for the Goliath, it was Sonny Jim Bottomley. And Wesley, you should have known both of those. Shame on you. Isn't Wesley the big Cardinals fan, isn't he? He is. That's why you uh, should have Apparently, known he's not as big as he <laughs> it should be. But, you know, I'll forgive that. All right. This, this, uh, this just in. Jeremy forgives you, Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> Question number five, David, in 1998, who bested fellow Dodger Don Drysdale's mark of 58 consecutive scoreless innings when he recorded his 59th? Question number five, Goliath, who holds the American League record of 55 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings, which he accomplished in April and May of 1913? I feel like this would be a Matt stat. Something Matt would be like, 1913. 1913's too uh, recent for Matt. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Once, uh, once Nap Lejoie hung him up, he was done. <laughs> Matt was done. Wow. Yeah. I may have stumped Jeremy. We'll see. I, I, it's not a record I'm actually familiar with. So, uh, but I'm going Goliath anyway. I don't care. I know the, I know the other one. That's fine. But yeah. All right. We'll check in. All right. Jeremy's checked in. So uh, Matt and Mason, you can talk it out. Yeah. Well, if you said it and I said it, let's do it. We're going to go with the David and we're going to check in with uh, Walter Johnson. You're checking in. From, I'm sorry, with, with the Walter? Goliath, the Goliath, the Goliath, the Goliath. I'm about to say, <laughs> hey, say, wait a minute. What? <laughs> huh? All right. Um, checked in with uh, Walter Johnson. Jeremy, what did you check in with? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's the best pitcher in the American League at, at that time and uh, night train. And why not go with a lucky Johnson, Walter Johnson, Oral Hershiser, obviously. The, uh, Dodgers pitcher and Clayton Kershaw actually had a run of what 51 or 52 
mm-hmm. a few years ago. So it would have been would have been really cool to see like a Dodger break a Dodger record, break a Dodger record or whatever. But uh, yeah, Oral Horsheiser is David, and I went with Walter Johnson, which I'm hoping is correct. I don't actually know for Goliath. Both teams getting their points. Walter Johnson was nice. the uh, is the is the American League record holder, fifty five and two thirds consecutive scoreless innings, and yes, it was Oral Hershiser that uh, that broke uh, Don Drysdale's mark. I don't, I didn't, and, I didn't actually know that. I mean, so many records, Walter Johnson, but I didn't actually know that about him. And just for the record, I had Oral Hershiser also. So <laughs> that was the first thing he sent me. Very good. After the third quarter, we have a score of. Matt and Mason have 490, and Jeremy has 590. Record is out of reach, but breaking a thousand is still, still available. Still, that's not the word I was looking for. Whatever. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> sure. It's available. The thousand point mark is available if, if necessary. That will bring us to the fourth quarter. the fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today are as follows. Question one, the one where Paul is the man. (laughs) Question two, the one where they're up all night. Question three, the one with the videotape. Question four, the one with the secret closet. And number five, the one with the butt. <laughs> Jeremy, those friends. are just for you. All friends episodes. All I, friends I, episodes. I, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm very curious. I, I'm assuming Paul O'Neill is going to. The one where Paul's the, the man is going to be about Paul O'Neill. Yeah. Right. The one where they're up all night is going to be about long games the one with the videotape i'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> the one with the secret closet is about scandals <laughs> i think i think i may know where that one's going <laughs> and the one with the butt is about wardrobe malfunctions it's now time for the teams to place their wagers now that the wagers are in on to the questions question number one in the one where Paul is the man. On July 18th, 1999 at Yankee Stadium, Paul O'Neill became the only player in Major League Baseball history to have been on the field for three perfect games. Which three pitchers threw the perfect games? Checked in. And uh, Mason and Matt, you can talk it out. David Wells, David Cohn. Right. Who? What are the teams? Did Paul O'Neill play for somebody other than the Yankees? I think so, but I don't... Couldn't tell you where. You play for the Dodgers? I'm trying to think of other perfect games around that time period. The one before that, before those two would have been Kenny Rogers, but. And Brain Black, or who was he playing for at the time? I don't remember. I just know that's the one before it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. I just know that that was the one. Because I wrote a list where it was the last 10 perfect games, and he was the furthest back on that list. And that was in 94, 93, 94, somewhere around there. Was that what? Was he with the Rangers? Sure. I, I did Paul and you play with the Rangers? I don't think so. I think we might have to go further back than that, though. I just I don't know where else he played. I might be wrong that he played somewhere else, but I thought he did. I can't think of any other Yankees that have perfect games like in then 
in that time late that 80s poem, early 90s yeah um you can't think of anybody before so when did so kenny rogers had his in 95 like 90 i want to say 94 i want to say 93 94 i don't think that fits with this so we'd have to go further back than that and, and am i right am i wrong it was it was <laughs> hideo nomo right i don't recall whether or not not a perfect game or not i don't know for sure we can go with that if you want i don't, I don't well, I, I think I'm more comfortable with going with Rogers than with Nomo. Um, why why do I have Jim Abbott never had a did he have a a no hitter? Got a no hander. <laughs> oh <laughs> low blow. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit um, enough time. You just want to go with Rogers? Sure. I mean, because we can't pinpoint where else he played, and that's not gonna help. Yeah, if we knew where he played other other than the Yankees, that would be helpful. But I I can't think of where else he played. But the Rangers make sense because they probably traded or he went there. You know, they probably traded for him. Like I said, unless the you Dodgers other... would make sense that they would trade back. Even back then in the eighties, they were good. Late eighties, unless he was on the field just because he was like a defensive replacement, because he probably would have been early in his career then. But I think we're missing one in there somewhere. I think somebody between those two had one. So Rogers Cone Wells. Yep. All right, we're gonna check that in for fifty points. All right. And Jeremy, what did you say? Well, uh, yeah, as soon as Paul O'Neill came up, I thought this might be where you were going with this. David Wells, David Cone, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Uh, those were the two Yankee perfect games. Uh, Paul O'Neill is a five-time World Series champion. Four of those with the Yankees. The fifth one and his first one actually. Came in 1990 with the Cincinnati Reds. Too bad, Mason, your list didn't go back a couple no-hitters further. Before Kenny Rogers, you had El Presidente, Denny Martinez, who we mentioned earlier, threw a perfect game uh, with the Expos. And uh, the one before that in 1988 with the Cincinnati Reds, Tom Browning. And Tom Browning is uh, going with my two Davids, Cone and Wells, for a big hundo. One team will be getting their points on this one. The correct answer is Tom Browning, David Wells, and David Cohn. On to question number two, the one where they're up all night. The 1986 National League Championship Series saw a New York Mets game six victory in 16 innings the day after they won game five in 12 innings. Which team did the Mets outlast to punch their tickets to the World Series? <laughs> I'm checked in. Jeremy's checked in, mocking my question. And uh, Mason and Matt, you can talk it out. You know this one? No. Oh, it's the Astros. Okay. Sure. Trust you on that. How many uh, points? We're going to check in with the Astros for 100. All right. And Jeremy, what'd you say? Uh, it is indeed the Houston Astros. And I also bet 100. Uh, they were, uh, I remember the original RBI baseball. They had like all of the division winners from 86 and 87, which is why the Astros are in that game. And that was it. They had they had eight teams plus an NL and AL All-Star team, and that was it. And they chose the eight teams that won their divisions in 86 and 87. So, so the Astros and the Twins are in that game. Yes. And the Tigers and the Red Sox and the Cardinals and the Twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mets. Yeah. Both teams getting their points on that one, yeah. by the way. On to question number three. The one with the videotape. On June 6th, 1986, 
which Padres manager was ejected from the game before it even started when he attempted to hand umpire Charlie Williams a videotape of a blown call that he had made the previous night along with the lineup card? We will check in. Whoa. All right. Okay, so, so Jeremy, talk it right. out. Well, so Dick Williams was the manager of the Padres in 84 when they went to the World Series. He was still there in 85. And I can't remember if he got fired, retired, or left. But he was not there in 86, which is when this happened. Um, then Larry Boa became the manager in 1987. But this is not Larry Boa. It's the guy that was in between Dick Williams and Larry Boa. And he also, I think, replaced, I think it was Billy Martin, his manager of the A's for a couple of years in like 83, 84, 84, 85, somewhere before he was with the Padres. Uh, and the A's were pretty crappy. It's Steve something. Uh, Steve Boros. I'm going to go with Steve Boros. I think that's it. Boros, 100, 100 points. But this one, I'm not as confident. But I think that is his name. All right. Matt and Mason, what did you say? And for how many points? Yeah, uh, as soon as it came up, I said, I remember this story, and his name is Steve something, and I'm sitting there trying to jog my brain. I said that to Mason, and then as soon as you started talking about the A's and a third baseman, I'm like, Steve Boros, that's right. I remember that now. So, yeah, so we checked in with Steve Boros for uh, 100 points. Both teams will be getting their 100 points. Correct answer is Steve Boros. This is the other question that the playtesters did not get right. That is a deep poll. I mean, that is a that, that is a guy that, like, if I was not alive at that point watching baseball as much as I did at that point in my life, there's no way I would know that name. I mean, you know, it's just... It's like, I know this from my 1986 baseball cards because yeah, I had no, exactly. the entire 1986 tops, uh, yeah. like, every single I, team. Yeah. I still I have still it have over that. there in a tub right there. Yeah, I still have and, it, too. And, yeah. yeah, that was... I don't have my cards, but I had those as well, and that's the only reason that yep. you should know something like that. Or you could be his kid, I guess. That'd be another reason. <laughs> Either one or the other. Those are the only two ways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, uh, before we move on to question number four, I just want to throw out there that um, Jeremy sent me a message earlier, and I'm not going to go into the details of what the message he sent me was, <laughs> but if you hear me or him laugh during the next two questions, <laughs> you'll know why. Inappropriately. Not inappropriately, yeah. <laughs> not at all. And I'll tell you after the NSFW? game is over what it, I'll tell you after the game is over what the message was. And can for I, all of I, you listening out there, we'll tell I check you. Check in was. now. Um, no. you, you probably don't want to check in yet because <laughs> you want to know what, the, what I'm know asking. What you're, what you're asking. Yeah. All right, here all we right. go. Question number four in the one with the secret closet. On June 15th, 1994, after Albert Bell had his bat confiscated for suspicion of tampering. Which relief pitcher crawled above the ceiling tiles of the clubhouse, lowered himself into the umpire's room, and replaced the bat with one that belonged to teammate Paul Sorrento? So I'm going to lock in and check in. I'm going to put this up here where you can see I've written Sorrento and Albert Bell right there. And where my finger is, is covering the other guy. Because when you were... When you were writing that, when you gave the categories, I was like, okay, that's going to be one of the, uh, yeah, I'm checked. So Jeremy's checked in. You guys can talk it out. So he was playing for Cleveland at the time. So this really was Albert Bell, by the way, not Joey Bell. Um, 
It's a relief pitcher for them side. <laughs> or Buddy Bell. It wasn't Buddy Bell either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or George Bell. It wasn't George Bell either. <laughs> or Gus Bell or, you know, David Bell. I mean, David Bell have a kid that's going to play? Are they going to be the first? Has there been a four-generation Major League family yet? I don't think there's been a four. Do, do you have any idea? No. I mean, I'm familiar with the incident, but I don't know the name of the relief pitcher that did that. Things are looking pretty grim for these guys. Yeah, it's we're not going to win, but I mean, wait. What did you just say? Nothing. I just said things were uh, not looking so good. <laughs> no, you said grim. <laughs> I may have. Right. I may have the, had a grimace on my face when last I name said was it. Grimsley. I... <laughs> uh... <laughs> yes, it's Grimsley Mason. I have no idea what his first name is, but no, 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 his last not, name is not, Grimsley. Not, not Mason. Close, but not Mason. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going with what? Grimsley for uh, 100. Mason, unless you're you have something else, Mason. <laughs> Do you? I told you I don't have anything else. He's been making yeah. puns with the names all evening, <laughs> yes. so I'm not surprised that he's done it again. I've gotten a third of my questions correctly based off of Jeremy puns. <laughs> all right, so you're going uh, Grimsley for 100. 100, yes. All right, and uh, Jeremy, what'd you say? Yeah, it's not Mason Grimsley. It's uh, Jason. Grimsley. Okay. <laughs> Jason Grimsley is my answer. How much did you go with there? A hundred points. hundred points. Both teams will be getting their points. Correct answer is Jason Grimsley. Major League Grimsley. Baseball did not have a uh, sense of humor when it came to this incident. Um, oh, no. They, they brought in a forensics team and they, they, they dusted the bat. They got prints. Yeah, they were, they were not messing around when it came to this. Everybody else thought it was hilarious, but... Uh, yeah. Then Not Albert in- Bell ended up playing for the White Sox. And Albert Bell, by the way, I believe to this day, still holds the single season home run record for the Chicago White Sox, which is a which fun is kind fact. of an amazing stat when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. yeah. And I believe, is he the only guy to have 50 doubles and 50 home runs in the same season? Wow. I don't know. But I yeah. don't remember. I think he's the only one. Either that or he's one of two. But those are the. Besides the Joey Bell and the bat incident, those are the other two fun Albert Bell facts. And moving on to question number five, the one with the butt. In 1990, which utility man and future broadcaster for the White Sox bunted and slid into first for a single and immediately got up and dropped his pants to get the dirt out? I'd be lying if I told you I didn't remember this. Uh, This was a great moment. I'm going to check in. Jeremy's checked in. Guys, you can talk it out. I remember the video of this, but I'm having a tough time coming up with a name. Surprisingly, I have not heard of this. It's a funny incident. I've never not heard. Yeah, that. he he stands up and he starts to kind of like like readjust himself, and his he takes his belt off to to kind of to get the dirt the, the everything out of there. And then as he does that, his pants kind of fall down, and he kind of forgets where he is, and all of a sudden he realizes, it and he quickly pulls them up, and he gets all embarrassed, and everything. Everyone's laughing, and. And it's not like he showed his butt. I mean, he had, you know, whatever he had on, like shorts. spandex shorts or something. I mean, I don't know if White, so- White Sox broadcaster helps in any way. Yeah, I mean, I know the guy, but I can't think of his name. So 
I mean, yeah, utility man. I mean, for some reason, I I don't know why, but I always had in my brain that this was Mark Grace, but it's obviously not him. So White Sox utility man from the late '80s, early '90s. That was. I mean, I could think of his. I can see his face. I'm pretty sure he has like, kind of like a sandy, blonde hair. I'm not gonna come up with his name. Guess the last name. <laughs> mm, um, the uh, that sandy hair that he had was a uh, fine mane of hair. It fine was. It was fine mane of hair. Is there a clue in there? Guy's last name is Fine. Uh, but it might be. Fine Feynman. Fine mane. Are you totally in? Uh, Man, last name Feynman. I have no idea. They're probably taunting us at this point. But yeah, that's fine. Let's check in with. Uh, wasn't there like a famous uh, Nobel Prize named Feynman or an economist named Feynman? Let's uh, there's Milton Friedman and Milton Friedman, there Richard Feynman. Richard Feynman. That's what I was thinking of. I don't think I don't think Dan would make fun of you. He, oh. he he's an honest guy. He wouldn't be lying to you. No, I oh, really Steve Lyons. That's who it is. Steve Lyons. They, he was taunting us with the main thing. With the main of hair. Yeah. Steve Lyons. Not both of them are do- taunting us here. That's fine. All right. We'll check All in right. with Steve Lyons for 51 I'm points. Checking with Steve Lyons for 51 points. And Jeremy, what did you say? Steve Psycho Lyons for the full hundo. And this was, uh, yeah, I, I predicted three of the questions. I could have predicted the, the perfect game question, too. I don't know why I didn't throw that in there. Uh, I thought the up all night was going to be the Brewers White Sox uh, 25-inning game from like 1984 or whatever, but missed that one, I guess. Uh, you know. Anyway. All right. Well, both teams did get their points on that one. The correct answer was Steve Lyons. Guy's a knucklehead, but he was uh, he was <laughs> he was he was funny. He yeah. was very funny. Um, the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. With a very, very, very respectable 791 points in this game, we have Matt and Mason. But today's clipboard captain receiving the coveted Al Newman Award with 1,090 points Mm -hmm. is Jeremy Kahneman. Congratulations, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on and playing with us tonight. Uh, We had a lot of fun. Me too. So was there uh, anything you'd like to say before we uh, call it a night tonight? Uh, just, you know, thanks, uh, everybody. I hope uh, people are getting vaccinated and uh, being being safe, but uh, hopefully getting back to some form of normalcy. Uh, I am uh, I've been enjoying all these these virtual quiz things that are out there, but I'm looking forward to getting out and, and doing some live trivia again. So uh, be safe, be well, treat other people with respect and uh, go Cardinals. <laughs> I can agree with almost all of that. Um, Matt, Mason, how about you guys? Yeah, this was awesome. It's impressive, you know, sitting back and watching somebody who has such extensive knowledge, you know, either on a broad range of topics or on, you know, just on the 20th century of baseball is either way, it's impressive. So, Jeremy, thank you very much, man. It's fun just to hang out and talk baseball. It's fun to pick. Like I, I sit around and used to like with my grandpas and my, with my dad and with my uncles and everything, just ask them random sports related stuff. And so, you know, you and I are probably about the same age, but I feel like just having a beer and sitting around watching a game and just picking your brain about stuff like that I could get endless enjoyment out of that. So thank you very much for your time tonight, man. Anytime. And uh, same, yeah, back at you. I mean, I, I could talk baseball all night and I would not, I would not get tired of it.
Jeremy, I'm going to come down and catch a Braves game with you sometime because I'm not uh, too far Please do. And uh, I have uh, uh, I, I have partial season tickets this year. So I have tickets to every mm-hmm. Sunday game and a number of others. And uh, like tomorrow night, I'm going to the game. I got nobody to go with. So, you know, if you want to come down tomorrow night and go to a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not going to work. But <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we're done tonight? Uh, just incredible to sit back and watch and listen. So, yeah, it's uh. I mean, you didn't miss a single question, so yeah. I didn't this get is... the theme. I, uh, I, I, I'm still. Uh, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even consider Leo DeRosa as a player. That's the problem. Is I just, I totally forgot he had a playing career. Uh, and even after you mentioned Frank Robinson being the player manager, it didn't didn't click with me. Thanks for listening to the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast, and until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. Ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yeah. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.